Welcome to the Baseball Nation podcast. Mark Fine alongside Corey Thornton. Corey, how we doing? Doing great. How about yourself? Pretty good. Want to thank our sponsors this week, or our sponsor, I should say. Each week, we're going to thank one of our sponsors, Dodge City of McKinney, Dodge Chrysler Jeep. You get all your vehicles there. Great folks over there. Family-run operation. Really enjoy working with them. So uh, give them a visit if you're looking for a new vehicle. All right. Hey, last week, we told you we were going to talk about two topics this week. One was uh, winter workouts and how to keep yourself fresh during the winter, what, what you should do with your players. The other was keeping practices fun. Uh, we're going to call an audible here. We're not going to talk about winter workouts because we have arranged Aviator Performance, which is located right in our building here at Baseball Nation in McKinney. Um, Dusty Anderson is the head guy over there, and he is going to be joining us next week. He will be on the show, and he will be answering your questions. We're actually going to do it on Facebook Live. We're going to give that a try next week. We'll do it on Facebook Live while we're recording the podcast, and we'll take your questions. Aviator is state-of-the-art, man. These guys are unbelievable in the way they can train your kids and what they know about uh, you know, just just making sure the athlete stays healthy. That's why we got them involved here at Baseball Nation. Basically, uh, if you're familiar with the Michael Johnson facility uh, over in Allen, uh, it's we, it's like we have one of those facilities right in our building here at Baseball Nation. They're just great guys. They just started up with us in September, and Dusty knows everything you need to know about keeping an athlete healthy. So we will have them on next week. We're looking forward to doing that. So what we're going to do today, we're going to talk about keeping arms healthy, and uh, that's a, an important topic this time of year, and we are also going to talk about keeping practice uh, fun, and in addition, we've added a little segment, T's Tip of the Week, Coach T. You know, Corey Thornton is called Coach T, so Coach T, you're going to have a tip of the week for us at well, the end, right? I'll throw out some good tips. Uh, my first tip, just for uh, some of the people out there, is don't stare at the sun. It's bad for your eyes. Okay. <laughs> I like it. It's a good one. Get the kids' glasses if they're out in the field. All right. We want to talk about overusing arms. And this is really a pet peeve for me, Corey. I, I, I mean, you and I are around so much um, advanced baseball, youth baseball, and you see kids just throw an astronomical number of pitches way too often. No doubt about it. One of the big issues is that U-Triple-S-A and, and a lot of the, the organizations that oversee these, they only have inning limits. They right. don't have pitch counts. There's a reason for that and has to do with being able to being able to really manage it. I get that. And I don't blame you, Triple SA. What I really blame is the coaches and the parents for not keeping better track of what their kids are doing. Now, Little League and a lot of the rec organizations, they do have strict rules when you're talking about uh you know more of a, a volunteer based system. They have right. strict rules. I know I printed out uh Corey here, I printed out, I know you have some rules too, just to give people a couple of examples. Tell, tell me which one you grabbed and, and what it looks like. So I've got uh, USA Baseball's uh, pitching recommendations and days off. Uh, most of the high-end, older player uh, tournament events, uh, perfect game, some of the national ones, Wilson Premier, they, uh, WABC. So they that's, that's USA Baseball. Okay. Yes. So just as an example, if uh, 11, 12-year-old kid – were to throw 21 pitches, he would be required to have one day off. So, those right. these this is uh, easily to easy to find Google. You can just Google USA pitching, and it has number of pitches, max number of pitches, and required days off. Uh, most of the big events that uh, my older teams play in, 
use you uh, use the USA pitching rules. And I'll tell you what, for parents who are just getting involved in baseball and advanced baseball, um, or really at any level, if your kid pitches, you want to ask your coach this question: How do you handle pitch counts? Because if they don't have an answer for you, then that is a major red flag. You you talk about the USA ones. Let me show to bring these up here. I went to. Um, what I did is I searched Dr. James Andrews, who, yep. if you don't know who he is, he is the uh, preeminent authority. voice authority yep. in terms of in, in terms of keeping uh, athletes healthy. When an, when a pitcher gets uh, an arm issue, you, a major league pitcher gets an arm issue, ninety nine out of hundred times they're going to see Dr. James Andrews. I heard him speak here in uh, in Frisco actually not that long ago. The chart came up for him. I'm pretty sure Major League Baseball or my little league, not Major League, Little League Baseball uses his. And if we look at you, the USA one that you pulled up and this, they're virtually the same. I'm going to run through them here. So bear with me uh, for people who don't know, because some people who listen to this podcast might not know. Uh, age seven and eight, this is maximum pitch counts. You do not want a pitcher throwing more than 50 pitches. Nine and 10, 75 pitches. 11, 12, 85 13 to 16, 95, 17 to 18, 105. And rest periods required. Same as what Corey was talking about. He mentioned the younger um, or the, the number of days rest uh, for ages six, seven to 16. And I think that's good for our purposes. Less than 20 pitches, you know, you can pitch again the next day. As soon as you go over 20, anywhere from 20 to 40, you're going to need one calendar day rest. If you go 40 to 60, you need two days rest, 60 plus three days rest. That changes for the older kids, but most people here, most people, you know, when we're talking this, the Baseball you, Nation podcast, Baseball Nation is a youth baseball organization. We go up to what? Really 15. Right. Well, we do, right. Have, we high do have a high teams. school teams. Yeah. But, and you know, the high schools here in Texas have instituted the rules too. So they're limited to uh, 105 or 110 pitches. And uh, the kid has to come out. They they can only go over if it's on the last batter. And and that is a major change. Yes, a big major time. change. They used to have kids throwing 150 pitches right. in a game. Of course, yeah. Kerry Wood did in the state tournament. Yeah, and well, I saw kids at Prosper doing it. Prosper High School in in a you know semifinal game or whatever. You know, right. I mean, it, it or I don't think actually I should correct myself. It wasn't Prosper. It was the opposing team. I don't remember what team it was. Um, what do you do? How do you manage that, Corey? Again, for those who are, are listening to us for the first time, Corey Thornton's been involved in uh, select baseball, advanced baseball, youth baseball, high school baseball for years, coached at the college, junior college, high school level, and now is VP of baseball operations for us here. So how have you managed that? Well, first of all, when I, I coached a youth team, I tried to develop all of my kids as pitchers. So I moved all of my kids around. Uh, certainly, you know, everybody puts a certain amount of stock in winning, but, you know, winning 12-year-old World Series titles, to me, wasn't that big a deal, and uh, we've won one, but mm -hmm. uh, but uh, that particular year, I played all of my kids at different positions, pitched all of my kids, did not pitch kids on Sunday that I threw on Saturday, and uh, limited my kids to, and we were 12, I I would try to get them between 65 and 70 pitches at the most. Uh, generally didn't even get to that. Uh, just, hey, just manage it. And, you know, if you develop more pitching uh, on Saturday, sometimes you take it on the chin. But in the long run, it helps you. A lot of coaches are going to feel like, you know, if the kids are mechanically sound, we're not going to run into injury problems. 
But in reality, a lot of the problems that people run into are overuse problems. And I know that's one of the things that Dr. Andrews talks about a lot. Yeah. And that's the day's rest where you really yeah. got to make sure you and get how a many kid pitches. And, and how many pitches. And that's the fault. Look, again, I'm not trying to jump on you, Triple SA here or any of the organizations that run the, uh, you know, the tournaments. But that's what's really difficult, right? You, if you're only keeping track of innings, a kid could get zero outs and pitch 50 pitches and just not have it that day. But he loads the bases. It takes him 50 pitches to load the bases. He come load the bases. He comes out of the game. He can still, in theory, pitch six innings in that game. That's right. Obviously, you don't want you don't want to do that. Um, do you have any stories of running into guys that where you saw a real issue? No, I can't think of one. Even I've, even though I've coached a lot uh, over the years, youth, uh, high school, I really can't think of a, a time where, where they just absolutely left somebody out there, you know, pitch after pitch after pitch. Well, listen to mine, and then maybe one will come to All you, right. but, because I know you got a million stories, but I was actually president of the board of directors at an organization out in Georgia before we came here to Texas, and um, it was a league. And I remember, God bless him, a great guy. It was his first year coaching, was a baseball guy, and he knew the game great. Yeah. And he had won us to, to advance to the championship in the league game, right? This was a nine and 10 year old league, and it was a good league, good quality league. And he comes up, he comes up to my window as I'm pulling out, and he waves me down because he wants to tell me about his big win. And he says, Yeah, man, Johnny threw 105 pitches, got us a complete game. And I went, and he later would tell the he later told the story. He's like he's like I could tell by the look on Mark's face that something was wrong. I'm like I'm like dude, what are you doing? 105 pitches for I think the kid was 10, but I just yeah, way too many for a kid. And got you know, and the kid was fine, but you're really you're risking the kid's health. And and coaches, please, any coaches who are listening to this, like Corey said don't be about the rings, man. Be yeah. about teaching the kids, keeping the kids healthy. You don't want to get a kid's arm hurt. And I know I, I get, I hear people complaining about it at the ballpark every week. Um, little, uh, little plug here for what we do at baseball nation, by the way, if you want to check out our Facebook page, by the way, search, search baseball nation on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, and you'll find our stuff. But um, we do an MVP video every week, yep, right? Yep. So I go out and I, we pick one one age group, one division. It doesn't have to be a majors. It doesn't have to be AAA. It could be it could be a nine U double A. Shoot, it might even be a silver bracket. But we right. want to get a championship game every week, and we go to that game. We take video of the game, and then we interview the MVP and the coach after the game. So I am out here every week and not only with my kid at, at, at games and, and, and being around it that way, but I'm also here every week and watching games. And I hear story after story about coaches just throwing to, you know, you'll hear parents say, yeah, well, we got lucky to get by that last team. If it weren't for the coach pitching the kid 90 pitches, I don't know if we would have beat them, you yeah. know? And it's like, man, I know you're out of pitching. Well then take the loss, take it on the chin and put another kid in there and, and yeah. get beat. So what? You got to develop kids first of all. That should be our job as coaches, right? We we need to develop kids and protect kids. And you know, if we're abusing and overusing them, then certainly we're not protecting them. And 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 like I said, winning some twelve-year-old World Series title is not worth uh, you know the future uh, debilitating injury that you could be leading up to. Because again, we're talking and overuse, forget and overuse. forget forget World Series. 
Yeah. How about crank it to the creek? Like yeah, you see, which is right, you know, or, or field rat tournament. That, that so what? Nothing. Yeah, exactly. it means nothing. All right, one last thing on this because I know we've been talking about it for a long time, but you need to watch the kids as well. Like you might be able to throw a kid sixty-five pitches, but at forty pitches, you might see this kid's getting tired, and that needs to be as a coach, you need to pay attention to that, right? Yeah, no doubt about it. So uh, one of one of the guys that I've coached with in years past is still involved in baseball. Is more on the recruiting end now than the coaching end. But but I learned a little something from him. He told me that, hey, we need to monitor those pitchers about every 20 pitches. And check their velocity, right? Check their uh, location. And because about every 20 pitches, 40 pitches, 60 pitches, you get different markers there where let you know that guys are laboring. And they're, right. about, and they're about done. They're tired. They need to, you need to make a change. So uh, I've kind of instituted that into my own self. And and uh, I generally, when I'm keeping my chart over there on the side, I, I try to pay attention every 20 pitches or so. And you can you also tell by, you know, what's the pitch count on each batter, right? All of a sudden you get into that third t- inning and he seems yeah. to be going full count. Or he go, yeah. goes full count back-to-back hitters and you're knowing, okay, he's probably – he's struggling now. He's not throwing as many strikes. He's missing up. That's something to look for as no well, too, right? It. If they're missing up, that, that's a sign they're tired. And, hey, and there's a, there's a big difference between throwing – 50 pitches over four innings and throwing 50 pitches in two innings. Yes. The, because you are out there really laboring. That's a great point. That's yep. right. So if a guy throws 30 in the first inning, you're going to keep a closer eye on him Absolutely. than a guy who's thrown 30 through two innings. That's right. right. Of course. All right. Well, good stuff. Again, coaches, just please be smart. And parents, uh, you know, you've got to be the you've got to be the biggest advocate for your kid. You need to keep an eye on this. I pulled – we had a guy here. I'm not going to name him. He's down south somewhere of us, and my kid was hurting, and and he was, you know, and he was pitching. He was still throwing strikes, and I went up. I'm like, Coach, he's at he's at 90 now. You need to take him out. He was 12. I'm like, you need to take. I went up to the fence. I told him you need to take him out. All right, let's move on. Uh, That was some serious stuff. Let's have some fun. I think this is this was hugely important, especially for for those of you coaches and parents who are at the young age divisions. Baseball can be a very very boring sport think about it if your kid playing at an eight-year-old even at the highest level and and you're playing center field how many balls you get in a game three four maybe in an hour and a half you're standing out there you're in the dugout you're sitting you're getting two at bats maybe three at bats it can be a stupid boring game honestly when i was a kid i did not like baseball for that reason right so when i coach my teams I always try to keep it fun. I joked last week about the F word. If you're a parent looking for a team, you want to hear that word fun from your coach a lot. If it's not about having fun, then you're in the wrong place. So that said, keeping it fun means keeping them active, right? Absolutely. How do you, how do you do that, Corey, in your practice? So when I have youth, when I have my youth team, uh, I would have I had one of those people laughed at me for it, but I had the magnet uh, lineup board. And every inning, I'd move those guys around. And we're talking games. I'd move them right. around. Practices, same way, right? I'd make everybody work in the outfield, make everybody work in the infield, make everybody play different positions. I remember when I first started baseball myself, I told my dad, I want a lot of action. What position should I play? He said, shortstop. So right. I walked out there, and the first ground ball hit me in the nose. So then I said, well, <laughs> I don't want to play shortstop anymore. So he said, play catcher. And you get a lot of action at catcher. And so, you know, what you have to consider when you're coaching is there are positions that get a little bit more action. So we need to try to give, within reason, the kids an opportunity to play those positions in practice. And then one thing that makes practice fun, 
especially if you try to mix in some high-speed game action and intense uh, type activities in your practice, like when we do rundowns or relays. Yep. We have base runners running. So when you finish that, what makes that fun when you finish that is have a little tea game. Or uh, have a little make a explain T game because you you did that even with our we, we court coaches a fourteen U majors team. This is a very good team. They've struggled a little bit in games this year, yeah, which which I know that has been a little disappointing. But that is a, a a very high quality team. My son has been one of the best players on his team most of his life, and he's near the bottom on this squad. There's some really talented kids on this team. But, man, they love it when you play that tee game. So tell them what you do. Yeah, so we just divide up evenly in the, uh, how, however many kids we have practice that evening. We divide up evenly into two teams, uh, throw a tee on home plate, and we just play a game, right, and, and let the kids pick their positions and move around and coach themselves and have fun. Uh, and that, again, it makes practice fun. They, they get to go home feeling good about themselves, especially after we've had a, a very intense uh, – we've done the tee game twice – uh, both times we did something super intense. We did relays with base runners, really complicated, trying to get all those relays down and positioning. And uh, so you have to do a lot of coaching, a lot of correcting, and it can it can it can lead those players into feeling like, man, I, I didn't have a good day at practice today. Uh, same with rundowns, right? Because you know, rundowns, you want to try to get that done in two throws. And let's be realistic, most time it takes about six. Right, right. And so kids feel like, man, I didn't I didn't accomplish what I needed to accomplish today. But if you finish with something fun, then they go home and feel good about themselves. Right. That's right. And they man, they love playing that game. Well, there's two things, two words that I would give folks, um, especially new coaches. And maybe look, the other thing, I'm always looking at uh, I'm always looking to steal something new. I learn all the time. I, I, I've learned a ton watching you coach this team this season. And always be open to finding new ways of doing things. You young – the coaches out there who have younger teams, there's two words I would give you, and even the older teams. One is stations. You have got to have more than one thing going on at a time. Let some dads help if you need to let them help. But you cannot – the worst thing, and, and if we see it out here, we will go talk to the coach about it. You cannot have 11 kids standing at shortstop waiting for a ground ball That's right. in a line. You cannot do that. If you're doing that, you are really doing a huge disservice to the kids. So come up with stations. Three stations is ideal. If you've got 12 kids, that's four kids at each station. Yep. You can have a T, even if you're only on the field, you can have a T up against a fence. You can have an infield station. All you need is somebody to roll them ground balls. You don't even have to hit them. Right. And even the older kids can do that. And you can have somebody doing pop-ups. So that's three stations. You do it for five minutes and you rotate, rotate each rotate. one. And there's 15 minutes. And with the rotating, it's really 20 minutes of practice. You're already a third of the way through the practice just doing those three stations. Right. And kids – have so much more fun if they're moving. Imagine if you're only doing one of those things and you've got 12 kids waiting for their turn to hit off the tee right. or take a ground ball. You know, even, even our team, 14-year-old majors team, kids are uh, pretty high-level players. We'll run three fungos at one time in the yeah. outfield, three fungos in the Well, you're field. lucky. you got 17 so, coaches out there wanting to help you because right. they want to learn from we, your we, practices. <laughs> we, we do have a good coaching staff. But yeah. even with those kids, which they, they're past the boring stage of the game, but uh, you still, man, you, you maximize your reps, keep those guys moving, keep the intensity level of practice up. All right. I got a few more. Uh, so I, I mentioned stations. The other word I would give you is competition. Whenever you can make something into a contest, right. the kids are going to um, they're going to enjoy it more. Give you a couple of examples that you can use. Go online and look for stuff like this. 
Uh, youngest age group, six, seven, eight years old, right? You need to have them throwing the ball and learning how to throw to a spot. You want them to focus on a very small target. Well, what I used to do is I'd hang a hula hoop on the fence. And then I'd actually take, it was actually a flag from my kids' flag football league. And I'd wrap that around right in the middle. So they're aiming for that flag in the center of the hula hoop. Now, each kid in my group, I got four kids in the group, right? They each get 10 throws at a time and they rotate. 10 throws, try to hit that flag in the middle. They get three points if they hit the flag. They get two if they get it in the uh, in the inside of the hula hoop. They get one if they hit the hula hoop, zero if they don't hit it. And I keep score, and they're all trying to get the That's highest right. score. And they love it. And so now instead of just playing catch for 10 minutes, which can get boring, you've got a competition, a contest. Yep. And at the end, they're always like, who got the highest score? Who got the highest score? They love it. Yes. Um, Cage competition. We play a game. I don't remember who. I stole this from somebody here in our indoor facility here at Baseball Nation in McKinney. I get two teams. Just did it with my middle school matchup team this week. Split the the group into two teams, right? And if they – I I usually have a dad be the judge. When they hit it, I'm pitching to them. If it's a hit, if what what we think would be a hit, that counts as a run. Foul ball, swing and miss. Ground ball that looks like it'll be a ground or second, that's an out. Each team gets three outs. We'll play like three innings and keep score. They go nuts. And it always comes down. It's so funny. It always comes down to the last batter. Oh, yeah. And the intensity level is there, right? So not only is it fun, hey, they're they're really in there working hard, so they're getting better quality work. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, hey, it's hard to recreate game conditions, right? right? Well, when you make a contest – and let me tell you what. I'm going to call my son out now. He's going to be mad. But Nick – did not have a good day in that competition the other day. He slammed that bat down after he fouled he one mad. off in his last his last one. And not only that, it was middle school matchup, right? So there's a bunch of his classmates there. And Nick's a pretty good baseball player. He wants to impress them and their parents and stuff. And he, he didn't have a good one. He was he was bad, man. But that's it. You want to create competition. Hey, last little thing for the young kids. Actually, I got two more. I could go on about this oh, yeah, forever, man. I'm, I'm passionate about it. Uh, I love doing an obstacle course for the little kids at the end of practice. Yeah. Easy as can be. You set up a ladder. They hit the ball off the tee. They run to the next station, have to field a ground ball, throw it to somebody. It's great for uh, movement, agility, all of the stuff the little guys need. Yeah, and yeah. and they love it. And what do you do? You get out. Yeah, I used to use a stopwatch. Shows you it was before I knew how to use the stopwatch on my phone. I used to actually have an actual stopwatch, and I'd have a parent write down the times. Like this is again when I yeah. might, when Nick was like six or seven years old. But man, they love that. And you know, want to know what else, coaches? Everybody wanted to be on my team. Yeah, because it's fun. it was fun. Uh, last thing I'll do. Have you ever seen line up half the team between? second and third, half the team between first and home. Now they've got to throw a ground ball at the at the other side and try and get it through them. Yes, yeah. And now, kind of like Red Rover back yes. in the old days. So what we do is we set up a cone at the halfway point. You can't throw it in the air past the halfway point. So it's got to be on the ground. Throw it as hard as you want to. Yep. And now the kicker is, and this is what I love, if you backed up your teammate and it got past your teammate, but you were there and you backed it up and you stopped it, didn't count against you. Yep. So teaches the kids to back up. Teaches them to back up. And make a competition out of field and grounders right. and selling out. Right. right. And and keep it in front of the keep ball. It in front. So then what you did is if you missed it, it did get by one player came out. So you kept going until there was only one man standing yep. and that team won. Another great competition and a practice. So much fun to do. So look again, I stole all of this stuff. Yep. I didn't invent any of it. I got it from look at other coaches, find great stuff out there, go online. 
you can spend 15 minutes online and get so much easily, great stuff. Easily. Yeah. YouTube is littered with yeah. great ideas. Yeah. And you And it was littered. Well, the internet was littered with stuff. 15 years ago when I started doing this now with YouTube, it's crazy. Yeah. All right. We're running out of time. We need to get coach T's tip of the week here this week, sponsored by excessive carts. We got our bad mama baseball nation cart out and uh, excessive cart sponsoring T's coach T's tip of the week this week. What do you got for us this week? T? So sometimes those hitters elbow will uh, back elbow drop in there too quick, maybe bypass that back hip. Uh, when it does, all we do is, in their stance, we take their top end and turn it upside down. And that will help to slow the dropping and passing of your back hip with that back elbow up and it keep those kids from dropping that barrel. Can't really hit like that, but it's a good <laughs> practice tip. Can't hit like it in a game, but practice you can tool right. On the tee, really. You yeah, you want to do right? that on the tee. Just get some swings. They get a little better feel for the timing of that back elbow getting slotted. And that really creates uh, a good feel for those kids and helps to to helps to get those guys lined up. I want to paint this picture for people again. I, when I saw you do this one time, I loved it because all of my sons struggle with dropping that back shoulder, dropping that back elbow. So if you can picture, do it with me, put your hands on top of each other like you're holding the bat, and you just take that top hand and turn it upside down. You really don't even need to grip the bat. You can almost leave it flat against the front of the bat and then try to take a swing. And you'll see, really, you're going to have to release that yes. top hand. You can't get all the way through with it on. But it, it does wonders for keeping that back elbow in, in the proper slot. Yeah, if you watch a swing with the video, high-speed video, uh, with their hand normal and that back elbow passes that uh, back hip up really bad and gets you in a bad position where your barrel's pointed down, if you have those kids turn that hand over, uh, their barrel will be in a much better position and so will that back elbow. So you get some reps in there like that and you can get it cleaned up. All right. Well, thanks to everybody for tuning in or, or checking out our podcast this week. Uh, we're on multiple platforms. We're using Anchor, which is awesome. We also, um, we're also out there on Spotify and Apple and a number of platforms. You might also have clicked on it on Facebook. Look, again, if you want to check us out, Baseball Nation TX on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, do a search and, uh, and check us out there. Again, this is the Baseball Nation podcast with Mark Fine and Corey Thornton this week brought to you by Dodge City. We thank the folks there uh, as always. We'll look forward to seeing you next week. Have a great one. See you later.